This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Enjoy quality homemade meals without the hassle. With Chef, you can choose from thousands of authentic dishes prepared with care by the best local cooks in your community, all made with fresh ingredients and delivered right to your door. It's like your own personal chef with an unbeatable variety. Explore cuisines from over 90 different countries from Mexico to Thailand and more at chef.com. That's chef with an S.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hot Up and Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush. And honestly, I'm still reeling from last night's Beverly Hills episode because, wow, 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 it was kind of everything. Like, this season is really delivering, I think, on, like, all fronts because you see that there's, like, little fractures between, like, each of the women and their friendships while the Erica stuff is going on. So, It's kind of just makes it all layered and I'm just like living. I'm like every single Wednesday, like this to me is like must see TV. Like I normally feel this way about something on HBO or, you know, like the new show impeachment on, um, by Ryan Murphy. Like that to me is TV where I'm like, okay, I have to watch every single week on time. And it, there's something honestly, This is going to sound kind of crazy, but I almost don't even mind watching it with commercials. Like when I watch it live, I don't even care because the commercials kind of give me time to process like, holy shit, what just happened? It feels very old school. I'm kind of living. So I've started doing that too with Potomac on Sundays. Like those are just days where I'm just like, sorry, I'm busy. I can't hang out. I have things to do. I have friends to see. And my friends are Garcelle and Sutton. Those are my only friends in Beverly Hills. Um, So we're clearly just going to jump right into the episode. Um, Let me just start by saying PK, our sensible majesty. He really came through last night. I have to say, like, this is going to be tough for people to accept, I think. I've always been attracted to PK. (laughs) I can't explain it. I think it's the accent. I don't know. He has the very, he has the exact same accent as the people in 101 Dalmatians that uh, stars uh, Glenn Close. I don't know what that says about me personally, uh, 
But it does something for me. I also think he is kind of living for this maybe revenge on Erica uh, that goes back to season seven during Pantygate. Um, because he kind of called her out right away for being cold, like even back in season seven. Erica, you just not. said you were deliberately cold. You're not deliberately cold. You're inherently cold. He made so much sense in his little sit down with Doree where they were in front of what looked to be a charcuterie board for at least 27 people. And I also, I don't know why I'm like this, but did you guys notice how many chairs and couches were in that shot? They, were, they did like a zoom out of PK and Dorit sitting in their living room that has no walls. It was very confusing. I personally, I live in Michigan, so I don't understand this idea of just having your complete like door wall open like do they not have bugs unclear but there was like three bar stools behind Dorit two chairs two couches and then kind of outdoor but not outdoor because it just looked like one big space there was an, a table in the back that literally sat I think 12 people large couches I mean it was absurd. I could not stop staring at it. There were times where I paused it. I took screen grabs because I was like, why is there so much seating? Like, it's okay to have empty space now. Like, I, I mean, I'm not an interior designer, but it was something to behold. And I really had to talk about it. But what he was saying about Erica is something I was clocking as well over the last several months. Like, I remember it happening in real time where she was posting these, you know, photos on Instagram that were, um, I don't necessarily want to call them distasteful because she was, she was recently let go or her contract was up and they decided not to renew. We, we don't know. All I know is Rihanna Fenty was like, you are no longer an ambassador to our Fenty lingerie company. So it was her job to post these things. Like I do understand that. But it was the captions. One of the captions was like, these buffoons ate my pussy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Pardon? These buffoons ate my pussy? These buffoons ate my pussy. I just can't wrap my head around it. Because, ma'am, you're being in allegedly involved in a fraudulent... Uh, scheme where you were taking money from widows and orphans and you're talking about buffoons eating your pussy and then how you're not going to disable comments. Like I, I remember this happening and thinking to myself, like, what the fuck is she doing? Not a fucking word about the victims. And I, you know, it's just astounding. <laughs> I, uh, buffoons eat my pussy. It's, I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's ridiculous considering what she was going through at the time. But a part of me feels like Dorit and PK had these conversations off camera because I feel like she and him agree on this, right? I don't think that that's a secret, um, but I do think PK was like, babe, let me handle this. Like, I'm going to secure your diamond. Like, we are going to have to be honest about Erica. Like, we can't just be, you know, blindly loyal to her during all of this. Um, and that's honestly really, really refreshing. It's so refreshing 
to see housewives who I feel like are speaking for viewers like Garcelle Sutton and PK and even Dorit, who I didn't think had a backbone a few episodes ago. I think I compared her to animals that don't have backbones, such as like worms and things, slugs. Um, but she does like she seems to be like stepping up a little bit in a way that like Kyle is not. Um, Kyle really does everything behind the scenes uh, in her confessionals. So it's just kind of nice to see them ask questions that we all want to know. And I'm just forever indebted to them for that. <laughs> like, because for years we've watched these, you know, this group of women single one housewife out and then no one ever goes against them. You know, no one goes against the family. Like that's, I'm glad we're not being subjected to that yet again. Cause I think that that would be really, really boring, really boring. Just imagine if all of the women were like, Erica, we're here for you. And like, that was it. Like, what would we be watching? Nothing. So let's talk about Erica. Erica, the only way I can describe her after last night's episode, what a fucking loser. I, I can't really describe her as anything other than that because she just constantly is just making herself look worse and worse and worse with every passing day whether it be on social media, on the show. She just can't seem to help herself. It's like she's almost enjoying this uh, a little too much. I find it to be kind of sick, actually. Um, the way she comes at people on Twitter, uh, I find it very odd. Um, she seems to be doubling down on like her stances. Again, not mentioning victims whatsoever. And PK said, he's like, it's not against what your lawyers would be advising you to do is just to be like, you know, these victims are, you know, entitled to what they deserve. And she only said that one time that we know of, but I mean, I haven't seen her any say it anywhere else, um, except for at that ill-fated Christmas dinner. <laughs> so what I find so ridiculous is that she is threatening slash promising Sutton that she will get sued by Tom. Um, for making comments about his health. Well, I thought he was incapable of making those decisions. Like I thought he had Alzheimer's. I thought he tumbled down a hill. I am very confused. I thought he couldn't take care of himself anymore. I believe his brother is now like in charge of his estate. Like what the fuck is Tom going to do, Erica? And just this idea, it was like a really scary pause that she did. And even Garcelle was like, get it together, girl please don't be insane. And then just like looked at Sutton and was like, I promise you this will come back to bite your ass. You ever call me a liar again? I'm coming for you. Trust me. And it's just like, it's so scary and threatening. And I was honestly applauding Dorit in that moment for being like, you can't fucking say things like that. Like we are on a show together that we cannot keep dancing around. And that's what they keep dancing around. It's like, Erica doesn't want them to talk about it or ask questions, but it's like, Erica, you are on a show with these people. They have to talk about it. They are literally getting paid to talk about it. This is their job. And she's just like now threatening and promising to sue people. It's just, it's fucking insane. And I, I just can't take someone seriously who 
for one, has bronzer rubbing off on the collar of their shirt, and two, says they have no money and then wants to sue me. Like, go get a Neutrogena wipe, then come talk to me. Take care of that situation, figure your life out, and then we can talk. It's fucking ridiculous, and it's embarrassing, and I love every single second of it. Every single second. If I was Sutton, I would have left too. And I would have, I personally, I probably would have lost it on Kyle in that moment if I was Sutton, but I think she was so rattled by Erica's just like be insane behavior that she just didn't really know how to react. But I, I hear how you feel. I really do. Yeah. I hear you. Awesome. Great. Good. Okay, good. Now that right there, that is what it sounds like when things are not going great with friends. When things are not good, you are just simply being polite and personally, like it's those type of little bullshit interactions that is why I love housewives because it's just like, they're just really trying to sweep things under the rug and it's just, uh, it's not really working because Rena is a goddamn clown. Her coming to Garcelle's saying she doesn't remember anything because she was so drunk is something I find so hard to believe. Like, I get she was drunk, uh, maybe, because she was acting kind of erratic, ringing that goddamn bell in Patrick's face, which was so annoying. Rena's just been bothering me this whole season, actually. I mean, I think she's kind of been annoying everybody. But to pretend she doesn't remember things is strange. Like, you don't remember your BFF yelling at people saying she'll promise to sue them. It's just weird. And what's even weirder is to pretend that there isn't some sort of click. Like, I just don't get it. She was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry you felt that way. It's like, everyone sees it. This isn't fucking common. This isn't like, uh, it is common knowledge. That's what I was going to say. But it's not like it's a big secret. It's crazy. Like, you can't post shit on Instagram and Twitter and be like, we're the Fox Force 5. And then be like, Garcelle, I don't know why you feel like there's a click. Like, bitch, because you guys make it very obvious. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Rinna? I just don't understand. My loyalty is to the truth. How I see the truth. Okay. That personally, I believe, is just called an opinion. Like, am I crazy? Like, if it's not factual truth and it's and it's what you think is the truth, that's just an opinion to me. I just have to get that out there. That little quote from her confessional, like, really bothered me because she was like, I, <laughs> it's what I see as the truth. It's like, yeah, that's literally just an opinion. It's not, it's not what is really going on. It's what you think is going on. It's just, she's out of, she's out of her mind this season. I don't know what she thinks she's doing. I think because last season, last couple of seasons, she's always been the one to like do the most when it comes to confrontation and when it comes to, uh, you know, causing drama and getting people off the show. I think last season she got a lot of shit for that with the whole Denise storyline, rightfully so. So she's probably like, okay, I'll take a back seat. But to like, to this extent is fucking insane. And Garcelle has every right to call it out. Every single right. Okay, Kyle Kyle is the queen, personally is the queen of stirring shit up. Uh, Raven, who runs mainly by Bravo, said it's like she's the person who like throws the rock and then is confused like where the rock came from. And it's just... 
she kept telling Sutton at the dinner, I want you to be honest. I want you to be honest. And Sutton was. Sutton said to Erica, well, first, let's start at the top. Let's start at the top. Sutton tried to talk to Erica. Erica said, no, I don't want to talk to you. So then Sutton was like, okay, then we won't talk about it. And then everybody was like, okay, Sutton, you have to talk about it. Sutton tried. Erica flipped out. Kyle kept pushing and pushing and pushing, kind of being rude and frankly mean to Sutton in that moment. And I'm glad Sutton called her out for it, for being a fake friend, for riding the fence. Kyle kind of always does that. She always plays both sides. And that is why she will be the longest standing OG because she is really good at like making Sutton feel validated and understood, but then also saying things like, you know, Erica, we're here for you and playing that bullshit too. It's just, it's tough to watch. And I think Kyle will kind of, uh, how do I say this? Kyle will be held to the fire. I think at the reunion by certain people. I think Garcelle and Sutton will, but also Erica will probably as well because Kyle has said some pretty shady things in confessionals about Erica. She's had her own opinions. She's gone to lawyers about Erica, but yet Sutton is the only one that seems to be getting the ship for it. She's a scapegoat. Like Garcelle said a couple episodes ago, she's a scapegoat. But I do think Sutton does get overwhelmed by conflict, but I don't fault her for that because personally, like I'm a wreck when I'm in a confrontation. I personally, I kind of like shut down and not in a way where I don't want to talk about it. It's just, I need so much time to process what is happening. But that's probably why I watch Housewives because it gives me drama like that I just don't have in my life. And it's almost like, it's not wish fulfillment, but I, I do see these women as like really, really strong alphas. And I, I personally just don't see myself like that. But anyways, I could watch these women argue in front of the Rothschild dinnerware set forever. To me, arguing in front of a pair of earrings that is $216,000 is just iconic. I don't know. Like if I truly feel if I was introducing someone to Housewives, I might start at this season of Beverly Hills. I can't lie. It's just that it's that good. There's so much going on. There's so many little conflicts. But um, I enjoyed that little scene with, you know, Garcelle and Rina. And then I enjoyed the separate scene with Sutton and Kyle, because it's like I said, there's so many little feuds and passive aggressive, you know, tones that. It just makes for a perfect season. But Garcelle then uh, decides to host a dinner party, a Haitian dinner party. And I am going to just say this. This might be controversial. I I don't know. But I just, I don't think Garcelle bullies Dorit by any means. I do think as a group, they all like to kind of rib Dorit a lot because I think she's a very easy target. She makes it very easy to kind of poke fun or, you know, kind of like joke about her. Uh, but I do think for years of Dorit hearing she's long-winded, does make her self-conscious. Like I would feel the exact same way. I would be very self-conscious if like someone asked me to tell them something and then they're going to tell me like, okay, can you wrap it up? Like that would be tough. <laughs> that would be really tough. Do you know who's really, really long-winded is Jennifer Aiden. She might not seem like it the way they edit her on the show on New Jersey, but at BravoCon, oh my God, she was like painful to listen to at the panel. 
I don't know if it's nervous energy or what it is, but she doesn't shut the fuck up. Like I vividly remember people sitting next to me who I did not know and the audience like sighing because she just wouldn't stop. She wouldn't let other people talk. It like Andy or it wasn't Andy doing the panel. I forget who was doing the New Jersey panel. Fuck. Anyways, I forget who was doing it, but they were like, okay, like we're not even talking to you. Like it was really, it was a struggle, but we don't need to talk about New Jersey. Yeah. So they're at this dinner. And in my opinion, there were some strange microaggressions happening at the table. So like there's a chef there. Garcelle had a chef. She had a whole team come together, make these traditional Haitian, you know, meals to like introduce the women to her culture and like where she's from. And the chef is standing there explaining the importance and significance of each dish, like the pumpkin, how it was a delicacy because it took so long to grow that like only the wealthy people of Haiti were able to eat it. And it was like this whole thing. And Rina is sitting there and making a big deal about eating the fish. I wanted to tell her to shut the fuck up. Seriously. Because it's just so, it's such a microaggression to be handed food that's different than what your standard American food is and make it a big deal. Make, you know, eating noises, faces. Kyle is always known for, you know, making, doing the most when it comes to her facial expressions. Like she loves to squirm. She loves to bite her fingers. She loves to have her mouth open. Like it's a whole thing. And just, I just didn't love, um, Rina saying like, she doesn't normally eat this food. It's fish, bitch. It's lit it's fish. I don't know why this is so complicated. Um, it, it was very weird. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. And mind you, these women, the same group of women that's complaining about eating fish are the same women that were literally eating unfertilized fish egg pie at Kathy Hilton's the week before without an issue with that. They didn't bat an eye. It's just like, it just felt very, very rude to me. Um, I think Garcelle even kind of was surprised that Dorit was like so open-minded to the food um, because she gave like her backstory. You know, her family is from like Morocco and, you know, I, I liked that little moment because Garcelle was like, okay, Dorit, like you'll eat spicy food. Like it was a good moment between them. Uh, obviously it didn't last, but really quickly before I wrap up Beverly Hills, the Instagram account Real Housewives Franchise, um, that's the that's the handle. Go follow them. Posted last night. They're like really good about like like breaking news and news and things like that. But anyways, so they posted last night that there are reports saying that Erica is actually only on speaking terms with Rinna and has not spoken to Dorit or Kyle after what she's seen go on behind her back this season. So I am so fucking ready for this reunion. It filmed September 10th. Um, after this week's episode. So I just feel like it's going to get so messy. Uh, prayers for Andy Cohen and the rest of the production team, because I just know it's going to be a long fucking day. There's going to be tears yelling. I applaud them for what they do, because I think sometimes reunions, I believe, go on for like 12 hours. It's a long time. And also, I'm just excited to see like what looks they all pull together. I don't know. It's going to be good. I can't wait. So let's take a quick little break and then we can get into Potomac. Let's be honest, ratings and reviews are so important, especially when you're in need of a doctor. You wouldn't go to a restaurant if they only had one star, so I go through all of that with a healthcare provider. And after the last year, now is the time to prioritize your health. 
whether you need a primary care physician, a dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialists, ZocDoc has you covered. Just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Never wait on hold with a receptionist again. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Go to ZocDoc.com H-O-T-M and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash H-O-T-M. So we're back in Potomac, um, and I just need someone to explain this to me. Why is Mia calling her husband from the other room? I need answers. They live in an apartment. They don't live in a 10,000 square foot mansion. They don't live even with a place that doesn't even look like there's an upstairs. There might be, but I don't. I don't think there is. So this just kind of confused me. And then he had to like help her come pick out an outfit. And um, I don't know, you guys. I, I've discussed this on the podcast before. I struggle with Mia. I don't understand her. And I don't have to. She's not like, I don't have to understand any of these women, you know, but I can't get like a good grasp on her. I enjoy her personal storyline and like I applaud her vulnerability But there's so many other things that don't really make sense. Like her social media presence doesn't really make sense to me. Like her fake bullshit clapbacks, um, the flip-flopping, the, you know, misinterpreting Giselle's uh, words that she used, saying them as fact. Like, it's just fucking weird. I I just, I just find her strange. (laughs) I do. I, I just don't. I can't figure her out. And there's something I noticed about her social media this week. Um, (laughs) And that is, if you go and look, there are a lot of her posts have one quotation mark at the beginning of them, but not the end, which leads me to believe that all of her little clapbacks and posts are pre-planned, which like I personally find really embarrassing. Uh, I think Cynthia Bailey does this too, actually, because only she leaves like the full quote in there. And like, I remember when I first saw the quotation mark, I was like, oh, she must be like quoting someone, but she's not. It's just like someone is writing these for her or she wrote them in her notes app. And like, I listen, I don't know. I just find it funny and embarrassing. Now, as for the Wendy situation, you guys, I got to be really honest. I can't give it that much energy. Like, I love Wendy and I love Eddie a lot. Like, Wendy is one of the first like rookie housewives in a long time where I was like, holy shit, I love this woman. Like she's so funny. She's so beautiful. She's smart. She's a great mom, a great wife. She like is great for the show, but there's something about this fight with Giselle and Robin that I'm just like, not really, I'm not really understanding it because there's been conflicting reports that she was told about this rumor before the show aired. Like Robin and Giselle have both talked to her about it. So I understand, and I guess she was fine. Like she was like, oh yeah, bullshit blogs, whatever. So I don't know if it's the fact that it was on camera and that's why we got this reaction, but it felt strange and I just can't find myself to care. Like her and Eddie are having this sit down and it's like they're defending their relationship, which I totally understand, right? But I just also am like, 
I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not, I'm just not caring. Uh, I feel bad. Like I don't like seeing Wendy get upset and I don't think Robin and Giselle and Ashley, let's not forget little miss Ashley did this to Wendy. But I mean, they even said to her, we don't believe that this is true. This is just what the blogs are saying. I mean, that's just housewives, I guess. I, I mean, I'm like, I don't know. Am I wrong? Like, I feel like that's like the name of the game. Like everybody talks about everybody's rumors and stuff that goes on. Like, I, I don't know, because Ashley always does this. Ashley always talks about people's families and she doesn't get as much hate on it as much as Giselle does, which I find very odd, but we'll get to that later. Giselle brings up, obviously, that Chris Bassett is riding Candace's coattails, which is funny to me because I guess support looks like riding coattails to Giselle. And that's actually like really, really sad if you think about it. Like Chris, Chris even laughs about it. He's like, this is ridiculous. He's like, when I first opened my restaurant, you were there to, for me, he's like, so I'm going to be there for you. Like, why is this so hard to understand? I don't know. I guess when you're Giselle, things like that are complicated because I think she does have like a really complicated relationship with men, um, due to like her past, which is just, you know, it's very sad. Um, but yeah, so we see Ashley go to the breastfeeding lady because her baby is having a hard time breastfeeding and latching and, you know, doing that whole thing. And you guys, Michael is just fucking dirty. I just like, I am so angry that like we have to be subjected to him every fucking year. If I were him, I would never show my face on camera again. This is the man who's been caught on camera sexually assaulting and harassing crew members. Year after year, season after season, running old Ashley Darby ragged. And she still defends him. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It's absurd. And it's absurd that, like, we have to, like, we're, every episode, I have to see Gollum, you know, at this appointment, questioning this woman's experience. He just has this, like, insane way of talking to women. And uh, I just don't like it. He did it with Robin Back when uh, they talked about him saying he wanted to suck so-and-so's dick, which turned out to be Juan's dick, which is like no surprise to anybody. He said, he's like, you were so drunk that night. You don't remember anything. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You can still be drunk and remember things, Juan. Or Michael, sorry, Freudian slip. So not only am I upset that I have to see this man on my screen every week, But then he says that Ashley doesn't look overweight and is getting back into shape, which is quote unquote great for him. So does that mean you can still look at me sexually? Yes. And you're quickly getting back into shape, which is great for me. And um, you certainly don't look like you're overweight in any way, shape and form. So I find you very attractive and I'm looking forward. This whole conversation in the car ride back from this appointment that she has um, is so dark to me. This woman is sitting in the car a month after giving birth to her baby and is asking her husband if he looked at her vagina while giving birth, which implies to me, because she's like, did you look this time? She says that in the car. Like, did you look at my vagina while I was giving birth? Because that leads me to believe that in the past, when they, when she first maybe gave birth to baby Dean, And they were having that hard time um, afterwards sexually, like her body was just having a hard time healing and she wasn't, you know, she was struggling with postpartum and, you know, obviously he went out and cheated on her as we saw last year. 
it kind of gave me the feeling that this is something maybe he has said to her before that maybe it changed the way he looked at her or whatever the case may be. I personally just find their dynamic to be very, very strange. And I find it to be very creepy. And I just find her, it just makes me sad that she's just constantly looking for his approval. And I don't know. I just, it didn't feel like a very like supportive conversation. Because he he did this last year too with her. They were like at the baby, at the baby store. And he was like, oh yeah, like you're getting back to looking like how you did. And it's like, fuck you, Michael Darby. You are 62 years old and you have a hot ass wife. You shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. So then we go to Robin's birthday dinner and everybody is drinking espresso martinis and I have never had one. Apparently they're all the rage right now. Shout out to Christine Bianca Villa on Instagram because I think she personally started this movement. But Okay, I'm just going to cover it to the chase about this dinner. This, I just have to make clear. Because people were in my DMs, obviously, because they know I like Candace. So I have to make this clear. I do not condone or approve body shaming. Like, I obviously don't think that that's a good thing to do. I don't think it's nice, period, point blank, no excuses. I find it lazy. I find it cruel. I think it's fucking dumb. And with that being said, I think what's frustrating for me is sometimes Housewives viewers, like only one thing can be true at one time. So yes, what Candace said was cruel. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like there was no, there was no need. But I find it interesting that there's certain people that I feel, especially Housewives viewers on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever, I feel like people wait in the wings for Candace to fuck up. Because when she does, they have these thesis statements like on ready, like on why Candace was wrong and why this is a big deal. It's like, obviously it's wrong. Why are we writing fucking paragraphs about it? Clearly it's wrong. But where is this energy when Karen mocks Giselle's body and mocks her vagina, which she's done multiple times this season? I hear nothing. I hear crickets. I see memes being made about it. I see tweets joking about it. So it's this weird, like strange hypocrisy. And I just don't subscribe to that idea. I feel people though get confused. Like I said, because I do like Candace, but I also know when she's a hundred percent wrong. And I'm just not one of those blind viewers who can see no wrong in a housewife that I like. Like I'm someone who loved Bethany for like a decade. She is one of the most difficult people to love and defend. So like I have practice in this department. So when it comes to Candace, I feel the same way. Like I can call her out for fucking up and being wrong, but I don't think taking to Twitter and like basically bullying her, saying crazy shit to her is, is okay. I just don't. I don't think going to Housewives DMs and like, cussing them out is productive or really does anything except just make you look embarrassing. Um, also, I think it's important that we start looking at situations more than just at like face value. So what I mean by that is like the Ashley Candace relationship is a very complicated one. It's very complex. It's one that if you just started watching this season or even last season, you should probably go back and rewatch season three and four. Uh, because people seem to have like amnesia when it comes to Ashley Darby. And I don't understand this at all. This woman is 
messier than Giselle, in my opinion. She spent most of her early seasons coming for Robin and her family relentlessly, relentlessly talking about rumors that she's heard that Juan is sleeping around. Uh, and Ashley loves to say, oh, I'm a mother now. I'm a mother now. And Robin even said to her at last season's reunion, I will roll the tape. She's like, you came after me and I'm a mother. Like, it has nothing to do with that. Like, it, it just doesn't. She also implied that Monique had a drinking problem after Monique experienced a miscarriage in, I think, what was that, season three? See, it was like season three or four. She spent the whole season talking about how many martinis Monique had at lunch. And then that incited people to talk to Monique all crazy on social media. Like Chris, ba or not Chris Bassett, Chris Samuels even said, he's like, people were saying to Monique, like, this is why you had a miscarriage. And that's just not okay. And she gets, she gets, like, people forget that she did all of this. She mocked Katie, uh, who was going through a very public, difficult time, both emotionally and mentally. And it's just really frustrating that people just, like, forget all of that, but they don't seem to forget anything Candace has ever done. And it's just, like, it's just kind of exhausting. Um, and it is exhausting to defend Candace because I don't think sometimes she's defensive, like, she's indefensible. Uh, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard, and I think it's really complicated. And I I just don't like, because a housewife says one thing, we're just going to write them off completely. I think, you know, we've heard a lot worse on housewives. We've seen a lot worse, um, and no one seems to bat an eye. So I don't know. I guess I'm just frustrated by the hypocrisy. All right. And if I haven't lost you, um, let's talk about the Winter House trailer really quick. I want to thank the fucking stars above that they changed the name from Summer House Winter Charm to just Winter House because what the fuck was that name? I remember Andy Cohen, I believe, even said, like, what? Why is this the name of the show? This is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life because it's fucking insane. Imagine having to, like, do a hashtag for that show on Twitter. It just, like, was so dumb. We see all the new cast members. Uh, they're all models. Um, I'm not saying that models are boring. But I'm also not saying they're not boring. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. There's um, one cast member. I think her name is Julia. She, she posts a lot on Instagram. She's, we discussed this last week about how I feel about thin, pretty models posting pictures with um, large quantities of food um, as some sort of, like, personality trait. It's very strange. She's one of those people that does that. She's not a food blogger. No, no, no. She's not a food blogger. She's just simply relaying the message that she is thin and beautiful and can eat an entire burger with rice. And that is insane. And I don't enjoy that for one bit. So I also think she, I mean, I, I feel like she might be a flop. She might be a flop. Um, we see Paige. She's kissing that Italian model. I believe is not, his name is Andrea. Uh, he, is like a really big deal in Italy, I think, because he has like 1.2 million followers, which is insane because like the guys from Southern Charm only have like 700,000, which obviously is like way more than I have, but I'm also not on television. Thank God. Could you imagine? I would be a disaster. I would be probably the most boring person on television. I am so lame. But Paige and this Italian, they kiss in a carriage. It's cute. He's got abs. Sierra's like, oh my God, he's so hot. And Jason uh, is the other newbie. He seems to be from the trailer... Um, one of the most involved. I 
We get to see him talking to Luke. He obviously has a thing with Lindsay, which we've known. Uh, there have been rumors going around about that for a while. Uh, so unclear what happens with them. I do think that they remain friendly because I did see photos of them hanging out like over the summer. Unclear if he's filming Summer House. I doubt it. He might be like at a party, but I don't think he's like a cast member. TBD on that. Uh, also, I have a confession. I have a confession. You know, you know, I struggle with Luke, you guys. I go back and forth on Luke all the time. He is one of the most, he's so hot. And that sounds so lame to say, but like he is so hot. But I think I'm, I'm ready to see him without Hannah. I'm ready to see him on his own without that drama. I feel like he might be lighter. I think he might be funnier. I think he might be more likable because he won't have that like, drama kind of holding him back and like making like casting a cloud over the whole season so like I'm really excited for that um because I can't tell you when I saw him holding that fish the midwestern in me like just jumped out I was like oh that's so hot even though I make fun of men who do that on like uh dating apps I don't think men should be holding fish on dating apps but there's something about Luke like pulling it out of a frozen river it did something to me I can't explain it um, there's also this weird scene of him where he looks like Macklemore. I don't know if you guys caught that. He's got like a really fuzzy, like furry fur coat on and it's kind of insane. But then obviously Sierra and Austin. <sighs> Sierra and Austin. Sierra is gorgeous, smart, funny, nice. She seems like a normal person and she is going to cry over that man or that dusty Muppet. Three girls fighting over Austin Kroll. <laughs> Just confused. Now, we knew that they were kind of dating because there have been rumors and pictures of them in Charleston together and whatever. But to see her cry over Austin Kroll, sick. And thank God for Paige because she asked the hard-hitting questions because I just, I'm not understanding it. I don't know what these women see in Austin. It's like very, it's puzzling to me. I think it's his height. I've said it before. I think he's like 6'5". And then, of course, we have Amanda crying. She better not be crying over Kyle Cook because I was a cookie last summer, during last season's Summer House. I really was. I really liked them. I liked seeing a different side to them. Um, cause for once, like there was like no like cheating rumors and things, but I'm just like, are they, I personally just think they're in the trailer trying to make it look like he was flirting with the new girl. I don't think he actually was. I think they're like trying to make it seem like that. Um, but we'll see. I'm so excited. The new season, it airs October 20th, I think at 9 PM, I want to say on Bravo, obviously. Um, so I can't wait to check that out. We are going to be given so much this fall. <laughs> We have the Salt Lake City premiere coming on Sunday. We have Potomac airing, uh, Beverly Hills airing, some uh, Winter Charm or Summer House. What is it? Oh, it's Winter House. Winter House, excuse me. We have Winter House, Vanderpump Rules. I mean, we're blessed. We're blessed. I just want to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and follow The Dip on social media. That's The Dip with two Ps. And make sure to listen to all of the other podcasts brought to you by The Dip. There's um, But Now We've Said It, The Exposed Drag Race Podcast, The Slut Pig Podcast, 
TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, obviously my other podcast shortcomings. It's all about Sex and City. Go check that out. Um, so yeah, uh, I will see you guys around on Instagram and Twitter at Bravo Historian and at Baker Zoloft. So I will talk to you all soon. Bye. You know those cigarette butts that you see every day? They're made of microplastics and they line our streets and waterways. On California beaches, they're the number one plastic you'll find. Over 35 years, cleanups have collected millions combined. But no matter where you see them, they're all getting smaller, eventually leaching into our food, our air, our water. The tobacco industry's to blame for all of the harm that they do. For the harm to the people we love, and the harm to you too. Learn more at undo.org. Have you shopped for groceries this week? Bought gas? Literally everything costs more. But there is one way to protect your budget and stay ahead of surprise bills. American Home Shield. They help pay when covered parts of home systems and appliances like your fridge, AC, and water heater break down. With three coverage options and easy monthly payments, there's a plan and price that's right for you. Right now, save $50 when you join American Home Shield. Visit ahs.com music or tap the banner to learn more. Service fees, limitations, and exclusions apply. See plan for details.